will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You, where we'll do that thing I just said. Remember, spring will return on its own, ritual or no. That's just science. But it doesn't mean the willow trees don't really appreciate the sensual massage. It's just good manners. You can also twist them into a superior, more superior goose if they've been well massaged. Ah, yes. We do appreciate the superior goose. Joining me this evening in that goose appreciation, we have um, Mr. Dave Convery, leader of Her Majesty's Opposition in Exile. Good evening. Ms. Lucy Boys, towel boy at the swimming pool of life. Glug. And myself, Roger Hart, Sasquatch Taxidermist of the Year, 1985. Hello. If you have questions that you would like us to fix, do contact us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. And we could give you the kind of help you're about to hear. Now, a somewhat somber matter today. An anonymous questioner asks, how would you recommend dealing with period pains? I've tried most of the main suggestions with no luck. Drugs, the only ones that help with the pain make my brain fuzzy. Exercise, you bloody try it while feeling like this. Heat, reduces the pain, but not enough. What do you recommend? Any tips I could try? Now, um, this is an area in which I personally have um, limited understanding. Um, as a gay man, I think I'm canonically meant to make a screwed up face and go, ew, fannies. And I did initially think it was all sort of a system of cogs down there. Um, but Steam-powered fannies. Mm, having taken a genuinely alarming, although very educative, fully immersive virtual reality tour, and half-remembered some biology lessons, I've come to realise that this is an entirely normal procedure. Um, pain coming from, I believe, exaggerated muscle contraction, and then some chemical byproducts as a reaction to that contraction, and the occasional sort of oxygen starvation of some of those tissues. Um, that sounds legit. I honestly never looked into it. Um, substances responsible have uh, prostaglandins are one of the active um, sort of active. It's not a hormone, but you know, I can't remember what category of, chem of, of chemical we're dealing with. But the point is, they have a number of biological functions, and usually around contraction or constriction, a bunch of other things they do. Probably not a good idea to interfere with them. So, sort of swanky medical stuff is out of the question. Radical surgical intervention seems a bit drastic, so ruled that one out. As, as did a lot of the early psychoanalytic or psychological bits and bobs. I mean, the, the, the whole area of hysteria was treated by early psychologists so very badly, absolute howling nonsense. You Most will feel better if you put a big, big vibrator against your clitoris, though. Uh, I imagine it's delightful. That was a that was mm. a treatment that worked. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of rather scrappy suggestions throughout history, and not a lot that seems particularly sensible, some of it downright cruel. So looking at the suggestions to hand, um, and the NHS recommends similar things to, to your suggestions, drugs, heat, exercise. But to my mind, and, and it sounds like from, from your response, the NHS doesn't go far enough. Simple drugs, mild heat, light exercise. That ain't gonna cut it. But you're right about the appeal of exercise. No time for sports. You're not going to feel like that. Gyms are scary. You probably don't want to be around people. Or You've got a note, right? Mm. You don't have mm. to do this. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Adulthood is a note. Adulthood is a note. So you want something you can do either at home or in a sort of fairly safe feeling, fairly comfortable space. Um, so I'm actually going to recommend something that I have a little experience with myself, albeit not whilst having an elaborately contracting uterus, um, which is yoga, specifically hot yoga. Specifically, you're going to get high as fuck and do hot yoga. Now, this is because there aren't many sports that are tailored for a hot environment that will enable you to provide the kind of heat relief. There are sports played in hot environments. Um, but again, that's, it's kind of complicated and, well, no one really wants to try playing kabaddi. So, um... Kabaddi, 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 kabaddi. I didn't even take a breath. Kabaddi, 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 kabaddi. Carry on. You did that. Yoga sort of subcontinent origins, various forms of it. You've got the sort of more um, Iyengar or Hatha style that are sort of slow and ponderous. You've got the more Ashtanga style that are more energetic, your flow yogas. And Flogas, surely. Mm. And then at some point in the mid-20th century, a chap called um, Bikram Chaudhary, not a great dude, as of 2014, had five open cases of charges of sexual assault. Um, you can touch people a lot if you're a yoga instructor yeah, it's and it's not, not cool. always a good thing. A lot of yoga instructors are bad dudes. Um, plus he attempted to copyright some yoga which is also stupid so he might be a rapey moron. Um, steer away from this in general. We can take some of the, uh, the principles. He um, came up with what became known as Bikram yoga in the um, oh, I think 70s. It doesn't really matter. The point is it's a form of yoga derived from Hatha yoga uh, so one of the sort of slower kinds, but it can be stepped up, um, not quite as, as, as pacey as, say, um, Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga, but uh, designed to be performed at about 40 degrees centigrade in a high humidity, normally about 40%, um, to really get you sweating. And it blends flexibility exercises with cardio, but you can do quite a lot of it sitting down. There are variations for how energetic and how forgiving. Um, but Bikram has 26 core poses that you repeat in a, in a sequence lasting about 90 minutes. Um, so you can learn this and probably get quite good at it. And that should help with the brain fuzziness because we're going to do this while tripping balls. It's also, it, it's, uh, it, it's not a high dignity environment. One of the classic poses of Bikram Yoga is called the wind releasing pose, I think we can all imagine. Ashtanga is a little more complex. This is the one that I used to do. It's a bit more like a workout. It's a series of varying cycles, six cycles that you step through depending on what you feel like doing. It's a bit more like cardio. You might feel more up to that. And there are variations on that. Sort of traditional UK and I think American hot yoga tend to be Ashtanga in a very hot room. It doesn't really matter which you try, but the, the Bikram style might be more memorable for when we get you good and baked. Why? Well, I mean to help with the pain, obviously, but also to sort of um, help over the lack of appeal of exercise and not really feeling like doing it, the being a bit self-conscious in a room full of people, and the just terrible crippling shame of yoga pants, really just, just gonna help with that. Um, now, the drugs are a slightly ticklish matter. Um, we're going to skip the heroin, it's probably a bit severe, the criminal penalties aren't fantastic. I did think about Not good for standing up and moving yeah. either. I did think about cocaine, um, especially to help you get over the yoga pants because you'll think they're fucking awesome after you've, you've had a couple of lines. But 
it's not going to be amazing as pain relief and who wants an arrogant yoga class also I think coke's quite expensive these days isn't it mm, and not good yeah a reliable supply uppers obviously non-starter here that's not going to help with the pain you're going to be jittery it's not cool or, or is it mm, not uppers in the amphetamine sense no but it's something like MDMA I imagine your mind would just be soaring so much towards the ceiling that you'd forget you even had a uterus you know I didn't think about MDMA but you definitely can't do yoga. All you can do is lie on a beanbag and cry. Hmm. Mm. Maybe not MDMA. Light opioids... It's good, though. It's really good. Light opioids maybe, but could be a bit drowsy. So, as my, as my grandma was always used to say, if you're going to get good and fucked up, stick to the classics. Petition your GP for some medical marijuana, or just speak to a local dealer. Nothing too harsh. You're looking for a light buzz here, something that you might vape or even have as tea. You don't have to smoke anything. You can bake it into chocolate brownies. And that will probably make you feel perkier. They're, they're a little treat and chocolate's lovely. So we're going to get a bit baked, probably before the class, so that you don't really care. Um, you might not go to the class, though, is a problem. Maybe only just before then. On the way in. Now, one thing I wasn't certain of was what a sort of, a sort of sensible dosage would be, because you still want to be able to do the yoga, but you also want to not care about your insides trying to rearrange themselves. Mm. I mean, what are we looking at here? Sort of a, a fairly sensible small bowl? If you're, if you're going to grind it and smoke or vaporise it, you want kind of a sort of average pea-sized sort of nug. Mm. If you're making brownies, you need to figure out the quantity in advance to get it right yeah. and then yeah. bake that into the baking nice. process. If, if they're sort of reasonable strength, you maybe want half a brownie before you go. I think any more than that and you're going to be out of it. Okay, so we're not talking a lot here. The trouble with edibles, though, compared to anything you smoke, is that they last a lot longer and they can be a lot more unpredictable in how they manifest. So you can end up... It's more of a trip if you eat it and you can't always get off that ride. Whereas if you're smoking or vaping something, it's, you're going to come down from it within a period of time. Yeah, yeah. So, but really go with how you feel. So I think realistically we're behind the yoga centre vaping in the car park. Yeah. But we're not dropping mad money on this. It's... It's fine. No, I mean, you could spend... If you're doing this once a month, hmm. you could spend, what, £25 and it would last you maybe the year? Yeah, that sounds pretty pretty reasonable. Unless you start wanting to do it all the time. Which, which you might, and we won't judge you. I mean, it sounds like good fun. The, the vaping gear, well, variable pricing, but I, I price everything up when I give examples of this. I'm bored of doing it. The point is, car park, vape. A really high quality vaporizer, you're looking at the sort of 150 to 200 pound range, although you can get cheaper, though you will notice the diminution in quality. Mm. And this, this, um, the question, the question that sort of suggests itself is, can you do the yoga? And it turns out there have been people teaching high yoga classes for a while. There's a lady called Liz McDonald in California um, that teaches um, a 420 yoga class and speaks of it saying, Disbelief is my biggest obstacle. Uh, this is taken from an article in the New York Times. People don't believe that they can feel their heartbeat or that they can send breath into their lower appendages. A little pot relaxes them into comprehending. And if you just want to lie down in my class, that's okay too. I paid a lady in California money to sleep on her floor while she said soothing things. Largely. Also, she sounds like a crazy person. You can get a lot of weird hippie crap with yoga, things about being able to control your kundalini and goodness knows what else. Clearly this is bullshit, but it's a great sounding class. You can just have a lie down. People you can been... do that at home though. You can get high and have a lie down at home. I want to say this is a compelling option that costs less money. It is. You'd have to really crank up the heating. To... I'm trying to get the triple benefit, is the thing. I mean, you could do that, and if that works on its own, you'll save yourself a fortune on electricity. Could you just overload one of those little foot spas that you used to get in the Christmas catalogues to create the humidity and heat. Yes, yes you could. Don't they all have fish in them now? 
Oh, probably. Very warm fish. And, um, and the, the, the original Yoga Sutras do mention herbal aids as the way of kind of getting into that zone. So I think being a little bit fuzzy, you're not doing anything very elaborate. You're doing yoga. Who the fuck cares if you feel a little fuzzy? You get the heat benefit. You get the exercise benefit. You may even gain some extra flexibility or do some exercise. One of the positions is just lying down. And according to the tenets of Bikram Yoga, one of them is lying down, bending a knee, and farting mellifluously. So, I mean, that could be quite satisfying, actually. I was accused the other morning by my partner of waking up in a farty rage. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was true. Like, like a sort of terrifying morning bugle. I had a look at Facebook and something made me very angry and also I'd eaten curry the night before and you know how it goes. Sending air to your lower appendages. Exactly. So there we have it. Get baked, do yoga, let rip. Which is interesting, actually, because the period can cause digestive issues. Hmm. So if it relieves you in all of those senses, carry on. Yeah, a lot of people get, like, terrible diarrhea and abdominal cramping as well. Oh, God. Like, everything just sort of south of the navel felt like it wasn't having a great day. Well, that's just insult to injury. Miss mm. Boyd. I think, first of all, we should start calling it full stop pain, because we're not Americans. So I, I, feel, I feel a bit of a fraud myself coming at this one, because I've never been troubled by excruciatingly bad periods, although... I do believe other people when they say that they are happening, which is more than like probably 70% of society. So, mm. you know, I'm coming to meet you even though it's not my domain. Now, there are a bunch of options. I think the problem is that none of them are particularly sort of especially well researched, and it seems very much to be a one thing will work for one people and their particular balance of hormones and their particular uterus and one they will not for the other person. And I don't know how much of this is because that the default human being is male, the default medicine is for men, the default human structures studied are male, the default medicines tested are on men. Like, people have historically not given much of a shit about women's health, and that is still absolutely true today. So I think a lot of the just go away and put a hot water bottle on it is a hangover from that legacy. Um, now, something that some people find helpful and some people find really unhelpful and some people object to on personal and ideological grounds is taking synthetic hormones, usually in the form of birth control. Now, for me, they've been amazing. I have not had a single period in four years and my life is not worse for it. And no, I don't feel like I need to check in occasionally to make sure my reproductive system is still working because my reproductive system is a thing I happen to have and not a thing that has innate purpose. Mm. Um, but again, you sort of you, you see a lot of people who have been told by health practitioners that they should reassure themselves occasionally that the whole apparatus is still working even if they're taking something that's suppressing the pill and the idea that, oh, fucking hell, you don't have to have a child is where I'm going. No, and that entire stack of bullshit reduces people to ambulatory baby-squirting apparatus and it's just fucking offensive. Mm. So, yeah, so, so various different types and configurations of birth control are one option if you feel that that is a thing that you're happy to try or if you have tried that in the past and it hasn't been horrible for you but I'm very aware that there is a subset of people for whom it is just a horrible experience it fucks with them I have also been told that getting an IUD is an option if your periods are really really bad that is a lot of stuff going up your cervix but again some people are fine with that some people are absolutely not fine with that you've got hormonal options you've got non-hormonal options both have been known to change yeah. your period some of them can make it worse some of them can mm. make it better we don't fucking know you hear that reported a fair bit for um, IEDs I mm. think um, which I keep mispronouncing as IEDs which probably says something the about different. my psychology they are yeah. different they're very different I guess the other thing I want to say is 
because of the way that this is handled culturally, it's really, really hard to tell for sort of individual women to tell what is normal because periods are taboo. We haven't been talking about them as a culture for a very long time. There are a lot of cultural assumptions about pain and about PMS and how serious it is and how seriously it should be taken. And I think there are, you know, I've read accounts from so many women who thought that that amount of pain and debilitation and suffering was absolutely normal because they didn't have any good reference points because a parent or a teacher trivialized their pain or because someone told them that that was what it was like for everyone and who basically had been living with reproductive medical conditions that never really got addressed because women are meant to be in pain every month for about a week. Um, So there are all kinds of medical issues that can cause your periods to go horribly wrong. Endometriosis is one, ovarian cysts are another. You can have various kind of hormonal issues that are in play there. If it feels like it's bad and it seems to be worse than what other people are having, don't do what somebody who I was reading on the internet earlier today did and just assume that all women are having the same thing. They're just managing it better than you are. Do please go and see someone and get that checked out because a lot of it is treatable. Mm. Even if it's not... 100% 100% fixable treatable, it's usually treatable to the extent that you can make those periods less bad. Yeah, the, the the general phenomena of everyone has this, they just deal with it better, it must be something wrong with me, is pretty fucking toxic, but so yes. many people go for it, and we're told, we tell people to go for it. It's yes, and you, you get that... Not us personally, we're, we're giving we're better good advice. That. But I think you get it with a lot of diseases of isolation, diseases that have not been taken seriously, people who have ongoing issues with fatigue or mood issues, I think often just assume that it's the same for everyone and everybody else is doing a downside better dealing with it than they are and that's not necessarily true. The other thing I wanted to mention which is basically completely unrelated but it's do you guys know why the cervix is called the cervix? Oh I think I used to know no 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 it's gone. The Romans thought that the inside of the human body was a tube that kind of mirrored itself end to end. Cervix is Latin for neck which is why you have a cervical spine as well as a cervix, labia, lips. They thought it was the neck and mouth of the downstairs and that it was a whole tube that went end to end somehow. Exciting. Yes. Interesting. I mean, given that uh, they named the vagina after a scabbard for a sword, Mm. did they think the throat was like a mouth scabbard? You might put a sword down there to stab someone. Yeah, or to do a magic trick. Yeah, that's a good one too. We do not recommend this. No. That is bad advice. Hoisted by my own petard. Mr. Convery. Colouring books. Is that it? Go on. So we're going to use colouring books, along with some other things, to convince your scumbag brain that you're not actually feeling any pain. There's a thing called gate control theory in pain management, which, despite being a sort of 50-year-old theory of how the brain works, has only been loosely disavowed. Um, so we're going to work with that as, as, a, as, an effective, as, a, as an effective way of managing pain. So gate control theory is the idea that there are multiple nerves coming into and forming a synapse with the nerves that actually send pain receptors to or pain signals to the brain and that you can override them by flooding them with too many signals. There are a couple of different types of nerve. So we're, t- we're talking purely about the sort of bundles of nerves that carry pain signals here. Um, So you've got a a projection neuron and you've got a couple of different nerves coming into that. A sort of something called uh, a a myelinated fiber and a non-myelinated fiber, both of which transmit different types of pain. 
the larger myelinated fibre sends uh, intense pain, rapid sudden onset pain, and the smaller fibre, the C fibre, sends chronic, long-term, lower, lower pain. And those can form, in some cases, uh, a synapse with something called an inhibitory interneuron. Um, now, what you have then is all of these three nerve cells, the, the large fibre, the small fibre, and the interhibitory interneuron, inhibitory interneuron, all pointing into the projection neuron, which is the thing that will finally say, yes, pain is occurring. And if you can get the large and the small fiber to fire at once, the theory goes, the interneuron will also fire and it will override the projection neuron and that pain signal stands a much lower chance of being transmitted. Everyone with me so far? When you said coloring books, I thought you were going for a kind of draw your pain out, like a kind of like Gernicuterus. You mean a sort of Picasso style? horrors and tragedies of my nevers. Like at the same scale? Why not? If you've got the time and the space and the ability to stand up. Well, Guernica is, what, eight feet tall? I mean, you would need a ladder. And it sounds like a ladder is not on the cards. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, no. You could do a smaller one. Maybe you could put it on the floor and roll around on Mm. it. Cherry picker. Just hire a cherry picker. You can lie down in the fetal position as you're going up. You'd have to be standing. It's a cage. I'm, I'm going for a budget option here. Yours are all very expensive and require lawsuits and cherry pickers and all sorts. Tell we're, us more about neurons. We're going for brains here. So we need, we need to send things in those fibres to, to fire off that inhibitory interneuron and stop the pain signal getting through. We need to find other things that will fire them. Okay, so cognitive therapists believe that there are various things that that can be done to sort of close or gate off the pain that you are feeling. So the things that stimulate stimulate the large large fibres, which are the fibres that we need to start firing in order to completely inhibit these pain signals, or at least dramatically lower them. So remember, they're they're the ones that carry the sort of rapid impulses rather than the slower chronic impulses. Things that will trigger them. Physical pain. Probably not the best one. Wouldn't recommend it. No, bad. But sort of touch and friction may also trigger it, particularly if you're sort of like, touching a swollen area, for example, or triggering something like that. Touching a pulse. swollen area? Rubbing your tummy in this case. Okay, right, not groping a penis. I mean, that might be a distraction. We are also looking at methods of distraction. Also a hormonal um, thing. I mean, one of the weird things I used to find about my periods when I had them I would go a really long time without getting one, and then if I had naked but not necessarily sexual times with a dude, then I would get one all of a sudden. Like, the presence but not penis of a dude would give me a period. It was weird. Yeah, it's quite weird. It's sort of better now that it doesn't happen. I'll be honest, I didn't go into that in my research. I don't know if there's a name for it. It honestly sounds like some sort of insane universe formation myth. That's kind of what was in my MO. So you can do things that will stimulate stimulate pain or touch. So things like friction, things like other forms of pain, less chronic pain, may be distracting. Being in a good mood might be tricky, but you know, these therapies were designed for people who've lost limbs, so give it a try. Also, we did recommend getting baked. You could do that. You could do that as well. That has some other neurological uh, effects that I have not looked into how those would cross over. And then we come to behavioral factors, so concentrating on things other than your pain. 
and this isn't to say this is where you need an eight meter artwork pure distraction but yes mm. you could you could try and articulate yourself in such a way that you are consumed as Picasso was when demonstrating the destruction of Guernica as he did in such a powerful and fascinating way that might be a bit of a stretch so maybe needlepoint uh, to start with and then move up to Guernica pin flare but our colouring book our colouring book we'll come back to that as, as a means of distraction. So things that tend to distract people when this therapy is being used in, in hospitals are auditory, visual, and tactile stimulation. Auditory, um, you're probably just gonna wanna put some loud music on, get some early Iron Maiden on, some Ooh, of the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, get that on there. Then visual and tactile, you're drawing on a coloring book that's gonna distract you. And that sounds, that's, that, that sounds pretty weak sauce, right? That sounds like you're actually just putting your mind on something else, but no. You are firing those big eight-beta myelinated sheaths, uh, those myelinated nerves, and they are eliminating the ability for your brain to receive pain. Job done. It's also worth noting that um, Erica Moen of Ojoy Sex Toy fame, the uh, comic about sexual health and also getting your jollies with assistance, has a colouring book out. I also think it's worth pointing out that in a study of rats, um, rats which were tickled then went on to be more motivated, like playfully tickled, to be more motivated and perform better at tasks than rats who were merely handled. So there might be something in there about sort of, again, the kind of the friction, the touch stuff, touching your own body or getting someone to touch you in a way that feels pleasant. You could be as motivated as a rat, even though you're bleeding out of your front bottom. I would, however, not recommend that as a performance-enhancing line management style. You could just cuddle a lot of rats. Rats are pretty friendly and they will crawl over you. You could cuddle the rats and the rats could cuddle you and then you wouldn't be sad anymore. In fact, let's just go to that as our overall solution. Just liberally cover yourself in rats. I guarantee you will find it, at the very least, diverting. That's always your ultimate solution, though. I've got a lot of rats. So there we have it. Just so many rats.